powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Uh, my name is Brady. I will be your host today. On this three, no, four one loss, uh, the Winnipeg Jets had to the Minnesota Wild, unfortunately, in a central division matchup, uh, a very important game as the Wild have been kind of all over Winnipeg's, uh, all over Winnipeg's ass recently trying to climb up the standings. Uh, the Avalanche also pushing the Jets kind of skidding. Um, this was a big game for the Jets. Uh, obviously, they had a couple of days off. I mean, the entire league had a couple of days off for the Christmas break. I hope you guys all had. Uh, a wonderful Christmas or happy holidays for uh, whatever you do celebrate. Um, but yeah, this uh, this was a game where you would hope the Jets would come back with, uh, you know, a pretty good game, um, considering, you know, they really needed the time off. But uh, unfortunately, it was a 4-1 loss. And I actually didn't think the Jets played that awfully, uh, you know, considering the context. Obviously, we'll get into the uh, the injuries still kind of racking up. Obviously, we got a little bit more information as to when some of the guys will be coming back. But obviously, we're going to have to break down this game, too, and see kind of what uh, what went wrong. Um, but regardless, before we do get into that, uh, think you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction, whether it's hockey, football, or basketball. Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Please do. Alrighty. Um, all right. Where to start here with the game? Let's just kind of break down how the game kind of went. Uh, I always like to start off to just kind of give my thought process as to how the game uh, kind of unraveled. Obviously, uh, if you're here with me in the stream, please uh, feel free to comment what you guys thought uh, about the game. Um, but as uh, as Tyler sees says, the central race is getting tight. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, coming into this game, the Wild were on a bit of a heater. They had uh, won six in their last seven. Now they improved to seven in their last eight. Uh, and meanwhile, the Jets now uh, unfortunately have their first three game losing streak of the season. Um, so we'll see how they bounce back from that come uh, come the next game on Thursday against the Canucks. But of course, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. Um so, yeah, the this is a, a, a tough one because the way the game kind of went, uh, it didn't start off great. Obviously, the uh, the first period was not like the Jets normal first periods that don't go, go great. I actually thought they played pretty decently um, besides one of the goals, which I'll, I'll break down here in a moment. Um, I thought it was pretty decent. Unfortunately, you get a couple a uh, couple poor bounces for the Jets. Um, obviously, there, there's the first goal, um, excuse me, where uh you know, just just one change of a bounce. Uh, Adam Lowry gets, uh, you know, has a beautiful play off of, uh, he, you know, they're on the PK. He has a beautiful read to intercept a pass, goes end to end, and uh, just barely uh, is unable to put it home past uh, Philip Gustafson, who I also thought had a fantastic game. Um, and the issue here is the Jets are a little overextended. I think it was Kevin Stenland who was the other PK forward on this one. Um, probably should have held back considering, you know, Lowry is going on one of his rushes. This is one where, you know, either he scores or you're kind of, uh, you know, waiting for the team to come rushing back as it will be next, probably a five on three for, you know, a rush or so. Um, but unfortunately the gets a the jets get a little bit too extended and somehow, uh, there are three wild in the zone, uh, to only one jet, uh, the puck ends up on, uh, Jared Spurgeon's stick 
and uh, you know he's not going to miss that. He's right on on the doorstep, uh, and that's an easy goal for him. It does, and it does kind of plinko itself uh, through Connor Hellebuck. I thought that that was a little odd. And then uh, you know moving on to further in the game, not too too long later, uh, the Wild do go up two nothing as uh, Kaprizov makes a beautiful drop pass to uh, Matt Zuccarello, um, and that kind of also trickles through Connor Hellebuck again. Maybe not not the best game from Hellebuck. We all kind of hear the stories about how Helly is, um, you know, one of the goalies who kind of likes to have um, to get into a rhythm of playing uh, frequently. So maybe, you know, the time off just isn't what's best for him, uh, you know, staying in, in the, you know, in the in the play of the game or, uh, you know, constantly staying ready. Um, but regardless, after this, honestly, I thought he had a pretty fine game. It wasn't wasn't really an issue uh, on any of the other goals. Um but yeah, moving on, uh, the the Jets end up getting a, a power play uh, later on in the game. Unfortunately, pretty brutal. Um, didn't look that great. The first line, again, is basically the, the first power play. You just add Gagne and take out whichever D-man. Um, I guess it would be DeMello. And they're unable to get really anything going. The second power play hops on, which... Wow, that is a, a rough-looking power play. Other than Adam Lowry, who we're used to seeing on that second power play, you've got guys who've been playing in the AHL again. Kevin Stenland, Michael Acemont, um, Kyle Capobianco, like, who's uh, on that power play was playing below the line, uh, which was very odd. But again, you know, take take up the space where you, wherever you can. Uh, on the power play, you don't want to be clumping up too, too much. Um, but luckily, right after the power play ends, the top line, the big line, who we'll talk a little bit more uh, about later on, um, gets a gets a beautiful goal. Josh Morrissey uh, has a beautiful uh, pass. He's com- coming up the ice. He's surveying, seeing what's open. He sees a streaking uh, Kyle Connor up the middle, makes a beautiful po- pass, puts it right on his stick. Uh, he gets the zone entry, brings it in. As soon as he gets pressured, he hands it off to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who does a beautiful uh, reach back to uh, corral the pass, kind of does one of those uh, toe drags, pulls it out front, uses his body to shield the puck, and uh, and comes in, puts it in off the post, off of Gustafsson and in. Uh, beautiful goal. Absolute uh, classic Pierre-Luc Dubois-style goal, driving the net. Um, fantastic. And this is a goal where, um, you know, as much as I'd like to say that, you know, it being the big line, uh, you know, that was just two, two of the big line. And those two guys are together normally anyways. So uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, if if it makes sense to put those three together. I liked it coming into this game because, um, you know, the Jets kind of looked really rough last game and didn't seem like they could get much of a spark going until the third period. They put those guys together and it works. But um, again, we'll we'll just we'll discuss that uh, in in the future. Like I said, um, so yeah. So then it goes down uh, after the first period. It's a, it's a two to one game. Shots were eleven to eight. Honestly, other than that one really really bad chance, which of course the Wild scored on, which was the uh, the Spurgeon power play goal. Not an awful period. Like l- even looking at the advanced stats stuff, um, expected goals wise, uh, if you take out that one Spurgeon goal, which was worth like almost a goal in and of itself. Um, it was pretty even, pretty even period. So um, moving on to the second, uh, I thought the Jets came back out and actually had some fire under them. They looked a lot better uh, in the second period. That's for sure. Um, they had a fantastic start to the period. Um, the, you know, for the first nine minutes, they were absolutely dominating. Then, of course, the uh, the Jets go on the, uh, pal- or the power play. Nothing happens, unfortunately, but the power play did look a lot better. Um, the, you know, the big line of uh, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and, and Mark Scheifele are creating a lot of chances. Um, 
but uh but unfortunately as matt zuccarello comes out of the box uh there's a pass up to him that neil pionk ends up intercepting uh matt zuccarello comes in and absolutely picks neil pionk's pocket uh again another rough game for pionk unfortunately uh the jets need him to be better especially while they've got a lot of guys out um and uh, and Matt Zugrello walks in with a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous saucer pass over to uh, Frederick Gauthier, who puts it in. And again, what can Hellebuck do on that goal there? Um, honestly, like I I I do not pin this game on Hellebuck. Unfortunately, you know the 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 first goal or two it is rough, but at the same time, the Jets have been a team that all season has been relying on the fact that they can score three, four goals. So um, you know. It's one game. I don't think that Hellebuck played fantastic. Again, those two goals are pretty rough at the start, but I think that after that, he seemed perfectly fine. And again, this goal here was, uh, you know, just a, a cross crease uh, goal that that most of the time you don't expect your goalie to make those saves. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, my just I'm just reading through all my thoughts that I had. Um, the the Kaprizov line was against the Lowry line, um, and uh, was kind of dominating them in the second period in the second half of it there. Um, but other than that, you know, the big line still got back out there, had some pretty dangerous shifts. Um, and it looks like the Jets potentially could come back in this game, but it's going to require, uh, you know, some some luck, some bounces. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, moving into the third period, of course, uh, we have the four on four after uh, after PLD and uh, <laughs> PLD starts mugging Erickson Eck and um, <laughs> somehow that turns into a four on four. Honestly, probably not that bad for Minnesota, considering, you know, er- Erickson X like a, a, a middle six kind of guy. Pierre-Luc Dubois is one of the only top six guys remaining on the Jets still playing. Pretty good trade off for them to get him off the ice, but uh, it is what it is. Um, other than that. Unfortunately, you know, there was the nice Shifley trying to bat the puck in, uh, which is saved by Gustafson. Uh, but unfortunately, it is a little bit too uh, too little too late. Um, I don't think I'm going to do a whole segment on <laughs> the Cal Connor high stick. But oh, my goodness, what a missed call. And again, I, I, don't, I never want to say that the Jets lose a game because of the refs. Um, and I'm not going to say that here. But oh, my God, what an awful missed call to have in the final five minutes of a game where a team is trying to come back. You have Kyle Connor circling the net about to go up for a rush. And I'm not sure who it was. I I can't remember whose stick it was, but just absolutely hatchets him right in the cheek. Uh, He immediately goes down. Um, I couldn't see it based on the, the way the, the broadcast was, but uh, Dan Robertson of TSN was saying that the referee had put his arm up and then put his arm down and then made no call. And then after play, uh, you know, continues, keeps going, uh, we get a nice close-up of Kyle Connor, who's got a big gash right across his, um, right across his face. Uh, brutal. Uh, Tyler sees it wasn't a mis- it wasn't a missed call. His own team, his own teammate lifted sticks into him. I didn't see it that way personally. I'll have a look again after this. But regardless, that is brutal. And and regardless of that, like you have to control your stick. It does not matter. You can't just allow um, allow your stick to go into someone's face. No matter what, the, the rules are that you are in control of your own stick the entire time. And I'm sorry to say that's a missed call, at least in my book. Call me biased. Call me a homer. It is what it is. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, but uh, but moving on again. Yeah, the Jets unfortunately lose. The Minnesota Wild improved to 42 points on the season uh, with a game in hand on Winnipeg. Um, and of course, the Jets are sitting at 43. So it's getting pretty tight in the central. But uh, and the Jets really need to figure it out. Of course, uh, it is important to you know acknowledge the context of this game. The Jets are are pretty injured right now. Um, obviously, there's I can't even count how many players are out right now. Um, there were some updates. I'll give them to you guys really quickly here. Uh, the biggest one being that Saku Manalainen is about a uh, <laughs> is about a week out. Um, from coming back, uh, Cole Perfetti is about seven to 10 days, I believe is what was said by Rick bonus. Uh, and then other than that, everyone else seems to be, you know, two weeks plus, um, that's, you know, that's of course, Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, um, geez, I can't even think there's so many Nate Schmidt, um, <laughs> and many, many more. <laughs> there's too many to list here. We could go on and spend the entire 30 minutes show, uh, talking about it. Um, but, but yeah, so before I, uh, that seems like a good segue to talk in about kind of, um, you know, what the Jets should do now, but I kind of feel, I want to stick on the game a little bit longer and then we can talk about the Jets as a whole right now. Um, yeah, the, the big line, uh, the big line was, was really interesting. This, this is my, one of the things I wanted to talk about today. I was pretty excited, as I said before, to see, uh, you know, Shifley, uh, Connor and Dubois all together. Um, and considering, you know, after last game, they were the only thing that provided the Jets a spark in the third period against the Capitals. Um, and I thought they played a great game today. I mean, it is what it is in, on regards to the, in regards to the, um, the, what's it called? Uh, my apologies. There's a noise from my computer. The, um, it is what it is in regards to the defensive side of things, but I thought that they played well uh, actually on both sides of the puck. Uh, they controlled a majority of the expected goals today. They had about 50%, 57% of them, um, which is great to see from your top line. That is fantastic. The only thing I'll say is, you know, they were getting some pretty decent matchups. They were playing against the third and fourth lines of, of the wild. Um, I would have hoped for them to be able to uh, do a little bit more in regards to, uh, you know, potting some goals, but um you know, I would love to have seen that from any of the Jets lines. Um, but I think it is important also when we look at this to look at the pros and cons of of, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket to that top line. This game was was going to be decided uh, early on. I, that, that's something I, I believe uh, completely. Um, this was going to be a low scoring game no matter what, I, I think. Um, the... <laughs> Just when you have all of your good players on the top line, basically all you're asking for, you know, the third, second and fourth line to do is to float and do decently. Um, obviously, Lowry, Lowry's line, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, uh, played actually pretty good considering they had the Kaprizov, um, uh, the Kaprizov matchup with uh, Matt Zuccarello. Um, but looking at the the top line there, like, it, it, it's really difficult to say that this is what they should have done in this instance. Like in my mind, I think that having, uh, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor together already constitutes a good enough line. And it is frustrating and it sucks for Mark Shifley. Um, but I think that, you know, this might've been a game where you could try putting uh, Shifley on the wing and maybe putting him with Lowry, you know, 
Lowry's line has kind of always been a de facto second line in quotes. They've always been the third line, but they've always kind of played like a second line in the sense of they're getting the tough matchups. They're, they're, they're being, um, you know, tasked with shutting down the opposition. And, um, and, and I would have liked to have potentially seen like a Harkins Lowry, uh, Shifley line that, you know, maybe gives a bit of a pat on the back to, uh, to Adam Lowry to, you know, say thank you for everything he's done this year. Give him a shot to maybe pot some goals and contribute a little bit more offensively, um, in a time where you kind of need people to step up. But, um, but alas, I have no issue with the top line, but again, you really need to figure out what's going to go on with those bottom lines. And, uh, and luckily the jets actually found some success with one of their bottom lines. Um, the Janssen Fialbi Stenlin Kulin, uh, Kuhlman line was fantastic tonight. They were, uh, incredible at controlling play. Um, unfortunately I don't really remember exactly who they were lining up against on the, uh, on the, um, on the wild, I think they were lining up against the Goudreau Boldy uh, Walker line, which, uh, you know, Matt Boldy's no slouch. So it's not like they were just playing against third and fourth line guys, I don't believe. Um, and they played fantastically. Like, it, you know, it, in, a, in, in the future where, you know, if the Jets can get healthy, like that could be a really, really effective fourth line. They absolutely controlled play tonight. Unfortunately, though, they just didn't have the finishing power. They were creating a lot of chances. There was one in the third period where uh, they had a, just a perfect breakout where you have, um, who is it? You have Stenland who passes the puck around to Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey hands it back off to Stenland, who's staying back and supporting. He dishes it off to Kuhlman. Kuhlman bumps up the ice with speed. As soon as he enters the zone, he hands it off to Fialbi. Fialbi passes it back door to Stenland. And unfortunately, Stenland just doesn't exactly have that finishing touch that uh, you would hope for. If this is one of your you know top six lines who do that play, that might be uh, a goal, like right there. Um, but unfortunately, the Jets just do not have um, do not have the finishing depth uh, that they would like to. Uh, we've, you know, since the start of the season, we've been talking about how the Jets have been able to constantly, uh, you know, their 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 depth has been their strength. Uh, on nights where you know the top lines weren't really figuring it out. Um, before, you know, Kyle Connor and uh, was switched over to play with uh, Pierre Dubois. There's a lot of nights where the top six just wasn't doing it, but the Jets were being carried by their bottom six. Unfortunately, right now, they're just being tasked with too much. Um, you can't be relying on your, you know, Janssen, Fialbi, Stenlin, and Kuhlman to be uh, your second line uh, offensively. Um, obviously, like I said, the the Lowry, Baron, Harkins line was mostly just tasked with shutting down uh, Kaprizov, and you know they had their fair share, uh, fair uh, Jesus, fair share of chances. But um, but unfortunately, it is what it is. Nothing shakes out. Um, I thought Josh Morrissey had a fantastic game. Uh, you know, again, he's he's just proving it day in and day out that he is one of, if not the most important Jet right now. Uh, obviously, Connor Hellebuck will always have a word to say, but um, Josh Morrissey has come in every single game and has been. I I I do not I cannot think of a single game where Josh Morrissey has played poorly, or even there was just little things that I wanted to point out, being like, you know, maybe he should have done this, maybe that. Uh, he was fantastic tonight, and again, uh, completely started the the goal that the um, that the uh, the Jets ended up scoring the PLD one, of course. Um, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to him. I thought he stepped up great. Um, but going back to the forward side of things, the Jets are on a bit of a skid right now, and I think this has to do a lot with 
their forward depth. I mean, obviously, again, injuries, they are what they are. And I think that there's a, a very important um, debate and discussion going around in Jets land about, you know, what should we do? Should we be trading for a forward? Should we be, you know, just holding out and just trying to survive until, uh, you know, every the reinforcements come in? Um, personally, I'm of the mind that every game you lose, every game has the same value. This a, a game that you lose right now has the same value as one in, you know, in April, not counting postseason, obviously, but just, you know end of the season wise and the jets gave themselves a pretty good uh pillow uh with the way they played that they started the season of course they went like you know like 10, 20 and 10 even before that it was like 20 and 8 i believe that they were at one point they had a good cushion they were sitting right near the top of the central now you've got the teams of course the stars already came back and have leapfrogged the leapfrogged the jets now the wild again like i said they're on a bit of a heater this was a big game and unfortunately it's a four point game so therefore the wild uh you know improve uh, only two points but of course it is worth four points because the jets don't get two um and the avalanches are getting healthier day by day and playing you know they're the avalanche you can never count them out um and the jets really need to make hay right now uh, every single game that you don't get get them help, in my opinion, is a game that you are you know selling potential wins. Um, and even in a game like tonight, where I actually think that the Jets played pretty well given the circumstances. Again, the Wild were a completely healthy team; they were able to get a really uh, effective line with the Janssen, Fialbi, Stenlin, Kuhlman line. Um, regardless, the Jets were just not able to uh to eke it out they just unfortunately don't have the finishing talent if you're able to pick someone up uh sooner rather than later you can throw them onto a line that is able to control play and then that way maybe that can that line that's controlling play actually can pot some goals um and to the people saying you know why why jump in now and do that when you know in a week, you're going to have uh, Saku Manalainen back. You're going to have Cole Perfetti back. You're going to have Nikolai Ehlers back. This guy, that guy, this guy. Um, you need depth. And and the sooner you get a guy into your system, the sooner he can get acclimated. Soon, sooner you can figure out exactly where he fits, what role he plays on your team. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a guy who's been around a bit longer, the sooner you get his his leadership qualities that uh, you know everyone likes to boast about. Um, Saying a guy like Bo Horvat, uh, even though he's regardless of his leadership, has been fantastic this year. Um, but it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the, I think that Chevy owes it to the Jets players for how good they have been to go get them some reinforcements um, because, you know, the, the window is a lot shorter here uh, than most teams. A lot, you know, every team has injuries. The Washington Capitals last game had almost just as many injuries as the Jets did. But it doesn't seem to be affecting other teams as much as it is the Jets. The Jets really... Um, their success in the early parts of the season had a lot to do with the fact that they had depth, that they had uh, guys up, for up top who could, you know, despite maybe not playing, um, not controlling the 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 fair share of, uh, you know, expected goals and chances, uh, they made they made hay with the chances that they got. They were able to score on the limited chances they got. And then with a bottom six that was able to control play, get in the other team's faces and... Um, and, uh, and, and even pot some goals themselves. Cause of course they're not tasked with playing second lines, uh, on other teams. Um, they would have a much better chance at winning. Like I am just, it's very frustrating to me. And 
regardless of the players coming back, even when those players come back, the Jets still need middle six help. They still need more forwards to play with. Um, they still need more finishing uh, talent. They, you know, even when the team was completely healthy, uh, they there was always questions about their depth and their ability to score. Um, so regardless of you know, oh the guys are all coming back soon. Uh, we just need to survive again. You're se- you're mortgaging the future. You're selling on the games currently in order to uh, say, oh maybe we don't have to spend at the deadline, which. The reality is you do. The Jets are going to go out and get some sort of forward to play in their middle six at the deadline. And and I, I, I'm convinced of it. It's going to happen at some point, no matter what. Um, you know, maybe it's just not the time, uh, you know, trade wise. Obviously, there was the, you know, roster freeze that's currently ongoing. Again, I don't think that that is much of a, you know, deterrent uh, as far as, you know, the generally obviously you can't make a trade right now like you legally are not allowed to um you know nhl law wise <laughs> but um but yeah like but regardless as soon as this tra- you know trade freeze uh is lifted i believe it'll be tomorrow i could say um you know just because there was a trade freeze doesn't mean that teams aren't talking uh or at least teams can't talk uh i would really hope that in the future within the next coming days uh we do see some sort of trade from the jets obviously it's kevin shovel day off or as everyone likes to joke kevin shovel take the day off or whatever uh he, he's very patient with his trades um which you know has been both a pro and a con in his uh in his tenure as jets gm but um, I would love to see him uh, get a little bit more uh, pep in his step and get on the phones and be calling everybody to see who, what he can get. Um, and again, as I said last game, last game, uh, I think Neil Pionk would be a, a mighty fine trade candidate as he uh, is not providing the value uh, for his contract as well as um, I think that he uh, is kind of the odd man out uh, on the Jets defense in my mind, other than maybe Logan Stanley, who's been kind of surpassed by Dylan Sandberg. Um, but yeah, Dylan Sandberg, actually, you know, what? <laughs> why don't we talk about the guys who kind of drew in today uh, just to finish off the show? Uh, Dylan Sandberg drew in, uh, of course, Cal Capobianco uh, also played again today. I thought they both played pretty well, you know, nothing, nothing specific to point out in, in, in a game where, um, You've got a lot of injuries, obviously not as many injuries on the back end. Um, this was a game where I would have hoped personally to have seen Vili Hanola again, uh, especially because, like I said before, I thought that this was going to be a game where um, the Jets are going to struggle offensively because they've got so many guys out. I would think that they would want to use as much uh, offensive firepower as possible. Um, however, I think that they tried to just play a bit more of a shutdown game. Um, and I think that, you know, it is what it is. I'm not the coach for a reason. Um but I would expect to see Vili Hinola get a game uh, again sooner than later. I think he's played pretty decently uh, in his tenure uh, since coming back to the Jets here. And, um, you know, I don't think he's earned a healthy scratch, nor has he earned his uh, a full-time spot. Um, but again, it, it is really tough because Kyle Cabo, I'll be honest, Kyle Cabobianco, every single time that he has played for the Jets this season, I've been like, that's fine. That's good. That's decent. Not my favorite, but... He's fine. Uh, I personally don't like when he plays over Billy Hinola because I think that he's got a lot more potential. But, um, but it is what it is. And then same thing with Dylan Sandberg. I've been I've been extremely happy with him this season, uh, and I think that he fits exactly what the Jets need on that bottom six pairing. Uh, however, again, 
they just need to figure out what they're doing on that bottom six. And again, I think they will by the end of, uh, you know, by the trade deadline, because that's very clearly the spot where the Jets have a lot of uh, of surplus and are maybe, you know, potentially allowed to move, able to move somebody out in order to make some more room. Um, again, I think, I think Neil Pionk's going to be the odd man out just based on cap hit um, and, you know, cap hit to value he actually provides. Uh, however, I don't believe the Jets will actually trade him just because I, I just don't see him. I, I see Chevy seeing him as some sort of core piece of this Jets team. That is not the truth, but it is what it is. Um, other than that, it is what it is. We're, we're getting into the later part of the or the kind of the slog of the season. Uh, obviously, the Jets had a couple days off. Uh, the entire league did for uh, the holidays. But now things are about to get real. And going back to what I was saying about the trade stuff, I think that that is important to consider uh, when I tell you that the Jets now do have 15 games in the next 30 days or not in the next 30 days. My apologies. In January, they have 15 games in 30 days. So this is the time where we are going to need to see the Jets uh, see what they're made of. See if they're able to, you know, combat adversity when they get punched in the face. Are they going to punch back or are they going to fall to the ground and get knocked out? Um, and, you know, the the league doesn't just get put on pause when you have injuries. It is what it is. Every team has injuries and you need to fight through it. Uh, fight through that adversity, whichever way it is, whether that be just toughing it out and surviving. Um or making a trade. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Jets. Again, the Jets are back in action uh, in a couple of days on Thursday against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, it'll be myself as well as Liss on the broadcast here together. So uh, we should have a fun show for you guys. Uh, other than that, though, I'm going to sign off for uh, Game Over Winnipeg. It's been fantastic. Hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season uh, and have a happy new year. Of course, we'll see you before then. But uh, regardless, in case I forget to say it next time. Uh, thank you again for watching. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.